Couchian podcast. My name is Ryan Parker, and I'm joined, as always, by Matt Chamberlain. How you doing, Matt? I'm doing pretty good. Right to high, right? The draft happened. Oh my God! There's so, been so much happening. The NBA decided like went from zero to hundred real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did that. That indeed happened. Um, it was just kind of just a Twitter frenzy for me this weekend. Oh yeah, just constant refresh on the Shams and Woj tweets. Yeah. Feeds. Yeah, and I turned off the draft at one point because apparently cable TV is useless because <laughs> yes. Twitter beats. <laughs> I mean, yeah, because you figure out who the Clippers are focusing in on oh, or lasering their... <laughs> in on or whatever. <laughs> Give me all the lasers. Is that close? Then? Um, anyways, uh, outside of that, I'm. I mean, like football's disappointing, but that's nothing well. new for me. <laughs> I'm just watching a highlight of my Packers losing today to the Colts, so, you know. It's all right. My Patriots lost today, too. That's been a thing, though, for you. Yeah. You know, I'm getting used to it this season. Uh, yeah. Post-Tom Brady. Welcome, welcome it's to... It's a different life. Yeah, welcome to Tank and Crew. We'll get to that later, though, for my Oklahoma City Thunder, <laughs> which I'm super excited for. Talk about uh, losing. <laughs> oh, God. There's going to be so much losing in the next two years. I'm preparing for pain. Uh, anyways, this is episode 89. We're going to talk basketball, I promise, at yes, some yes, point yes. in draft. Um, if you haven't, go ahead and follow us on social media, um, on our Twitter and Instagram, and give us a rating and review on your podcast platform of your choice. If you missed episode 88 and episode 87, uh, you can kind of go back and listen to those. 87 was a draft preview, mm-hmm. so it's kind of outdated at this point, and 88 was kind of just like a fun trade machine episode, yes. which is some of our favorites to do. Um, still some fun content, and we weren't too far off on a couple of things. Unfortunately. <laughs> uh, which, I think the Jeremy Grant thing, we were the closest thing. We are like, spot on. We, we had that at 3 for 60 to Detroit. We said that. That's on, like, the record, yeah. Ryan. Yeah, we should have an ESPN show by now for that, by the way. <laughs> Uh, call us ESPN. My line is not ever busy. So. <laughs> uh, anyways, there's some people in Detroit that hate us though for speaking that into existence. Yeah, I guess Troy Weaver's a fan of the show. All right, shout out Troy. Give us a job. I would move to. No, I wouldn't no. move to Detroit. I would work remotely for Detroit. <laughs> there you go. Everything's Zoom anyway, right now. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Um, so yeah, we talked about Drew and Russ. Russ trade machine ideas, which I guess Russ isn't getting traded at this point. Um, I'm not rolling it off the table yet. Yeah. We still got um, a month before the season starts, Ryan. Yeah, that's true. And in episode 88, we uh, did uh, a role play, uh, like a PTI spin on role play, which was, which was really fun. That's where the Jeremy Grant and what other, what not and others came in. Fred Van Fleet made his way into there. Got paid a lot less. Got paid a lot less than we thought. Some guys got overpaid. For but we'll sure. get into that here in a second. This is also a two-episode special. I don't know if we haven't mentioned that yet. So we have ep- episode 89 here. This is all post-draft and pre-draft stuff. And then we have episode 90 that's going to be releasing the next day whenever you're listening to this. So it should be out already. Um, if you're listening to this day of, it's going to be out tomorrow. Um, but it's going to be all trade machine tr- signings, trades, madness. All of them. It's just going to be... 
insane. So buckle up. You got uh, plenty of content yes. for this week. The NBA, like we said, uh, just went bananas. <laughs> and it's going to just keep going because we're about a month away from the season starting. Which at is this ridiculous, point. right? Training camp starts in like a week. Yeah, we don't even have <laughs> schedules yet. Because <laughs> they're only going to release like the first half at a time anyway. Which, again, this whole thing is bonkers. We're going to get to the news. So this was, um, we try to keep track of what was pre-draft um, versus post-draft. So pre-draft, this is at large what we had known at the time. So, first of all, the Chris Paul trade. Which... Yeah, that was like the first trade that triggered, like that was the first domino to yeah, fall. Yeah, um, going from OKC to Phoenix, um, along with Abdul Nader. And then in return, Phoenix sent Oklahoma City Ricky Rubio who is now no longer with the team. <laughs> Kelly Oubre, who is now no longer with the team. Jalen LeCue, who is now no longer with the team. Uh, Ty Jerome and a future pick. Uh, there was the Drew Holiday trade, where he lands in Milwaukee. And, you know, at first, reportedly, uh, Eric Bledsoe, George Hill, three future picks and two pick swaps. Holy. A lot. Now that deal has um, enlarged to encompass more teams and players but that was the basic framework of the deal ultimately again drew holiday going to milwaukee uh we had robert covington got sent from houston to portland for trevor Reza, number 16 in the draft and then a future first dennis schroeder got sent to la as oklahoma city continued to sell off parts in exchange for danny green who is no longer on the team and a future pick um, and because Danny Green's no longer on the team, he was sent to Philly in exchange for Al Horford, number 34, and a future first. Um, Terrence Ferguson also went from Oklahoma City to <laughs> Philadelphia. <laughs> Sam Presti just had like four phones going at the same time, I swear. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure some interns made some deals here. Like, let's be honest, <laughs> Presti's, Presti's good. He's not this good. Yeah. And then during the draft, run through some deals that happened during the draft. So probably the most notable um, involved pick number 19 when Luke Kennard got sent from Detroit to the Clippers. Landry Shamit sent from the Clippers to Brooklyn, and Brooklyn sent pick number 19 to Detroit. Um, also, Bruce Brown ended up in Detroit, um, or Bruce Brown ended up in Brooklyn from Detroit. Detroit, um, and all this madness, ended up receiving Tony Bradley from Utah, who they since flipped. Zan Musa from Brooklyn, Rodney Magruder from the Clippers, Trevor Reza from somebody from Houston. <laughs> he is now with the Thunder. <laughs> Ricky Rubio, who we mentioned, got sent to OKC in the Chris Paul trade. He's now ended up back in Minnesota. Uh, what a wild career arc there. Um, oh, and then second round, we had the big deal, um, which might be the most important out of all these. Josh Richardson got sent um, to Dallas. And then, uh, along with pick number 36, Seth Curry went to Philly. And somehow, Admiral Schofield ended up in OKC. There's just... Oh, that was... So... <laughs> there's so much. That was And a this lot really all happened between pick, like, 16 and, like, uh, 38. That's really where, like, all this happened, too. Mm. So, mm. a lot going on there in, like, the middle, late first round. And, a, a lot there. That's a yeah. lot to unpack. And I don't... I don't know how we... 
how do you want to start this next topic? Because there's a lot to unpack here. I don't know if you want so, to talk about anything we'll, in general. I'll here. say, do you want to give any thoughts? We'll, st- we'll go back to the Chris Ball thing okay. real quick. Uh, I think that was great return for Chris. Yeah. I mean, like, you essentially, Chris Paul, so you get a future pick. Uh, Ubre, I think you get a first. Yeah, I think you're getting pick. a future first from Golden State um, and that deal. Rubio, I don't think is another. I don't think so. You, you really just used him to move up in the draft to get that's right. Toku. That's right. Um, so that was a first round pick essentially. Yeah. So you get three first round picks out of this. Yeah. A couple seconds from Jalen Lequeu going to um, Indiana, who was just flipped here. So you net three first round picks, a couple seconds, and Ty Jerome, which like was right. what a late first, early yeah. second pick. Yeah. Yeah. Last year, um, who can play some. Nice backup point guard minutes. Yeah. Um, I think overall, like, that's a... I mean, obviously, it's a win for Oklahoma City because they took him on as a bad contract. Considering Houston gave you all their picks to take Chris Paul. So, Chris Paul essentially netted the Thunder five picks. Five first-round picks, if yeah. you want to think about it like that. That's crazy. Um, Which is just insane. Like, that's... And a good season that got you to the playoffs. Oh, yeah. That sold some jerseys <laughs> and some tickets, too, along yeah. the way. Um, yeah. I mean, like, that's... I, I was kind of expecting like a better pick um maybe in this draft yeah um but the suns didn't give up number 10 in this draft yeah i was kind of i thought that would be packaged in here somewhere but i can understand how that would maybe cost the thunder a little bit more the chris Um, paul contract's still not good and also you're kind of punning and expecting the suns to be bad with that future first round pick um i'm curious to see what year that conveys out to yeah i think it's pretty quick I think yeah. it's really quick, actually. Which, if you're the Suns, that's probably what you want. Right. Because you think you're making the playoffs now. Right. Right. Um, and they don't want to... Like, if they're contending, they don't want to have this pick. Yeah. Just Looming keep, over them. Yeah, keep going out. I think it conveys to, like, two seconds eventually, which mm-hmm. is fine. I mean, the Oklahoma State Thunder might have all the second-round picks in one draft and could package all of them to move up at some point. Yeah. Um. I think that's a win. I mean, like, it's kind of weird to think Al Horford's our starting center. I mean, our center. Or the Thunder's starting yeah. center. It's like four years too late because <laughs> he was rumored to... Uh, w- right, when be, when Billy came in. Yeah, was in 2016, that summer when Durant left, was when Horford was thinking about it. I don't even know who's fully on this team yet, and I'm just not going to keep track until the season starts because everyone's a movable piece. Like, Ariza's probably still going to be moved. Oh, for sure. Um and there's a couple other players who I think I like. It's just overall, I think you can start to see the war chest starting to build. Yeah. I mean, obviously you had a ton of picks coming into this, but now you've built that even out more, um, where you can trade up in upcoming drafts, which are supposed to be better than this one. So yes. I think overall a good win. But I, I kind of as much as I like it for for Oklahoma City, I like it just as much for Phoenix. Yeah, it's it's trying to elevate the franchise. It's, yeah, it's, it's trying to get back to the Nash years. It's getting back to competency, right? Yeah. Like, you trot out a lineup of CP3, Devin Booker, Mikel Bridges, I guess. Yeah, DeAndre Ayton is playing the five there. And th- they re-signed. Um, so they have, like, Cam Johnson, who they Cam really Johnson. like. Cam Johnson. Dario Sarch, um is still an RFA. Okay. Yeah. Um, but it's like, and they drafted Jalen Smith at number 10 out of Maryland, That's which right. we'll talk about that in a little bit. But like, even if you probably just start Cam Johnson there, like 
That's Mika- good Because Mikhail Bridges can guard two through four. So, all of a sudden, yeah, you've got, like, a couple perimeter defenders now in Chris Paul and Mikhail. You've got an interior defender in DeAndre Ayton, who's, like, actually turning out to be a good defender. And can score. Yeah. And then Booker is obviously Booker. And then Cam Johnson's a floor spacer. It's, like, the right recipe for success. Yeah. Like, you can tell this team, like, it's wanting to win now. Yeah. They're, like, trying to basically just do what OKC did. I mean, it's a pretty comparable lineup, right? Like, yeah. floor spacing four, better talent at the five, better talent at the two, add CP3. Yeah. Like, you make the playoffs, right? Like, that's that's kind In of... In theory, you should. That, yeah. That's the recipe for success there. Um, you have a good coach still, too. Yeah. Monty Williams. Yeah. Competent coach. Like, really good offensive mind. Um, and proved, improved that roster. Uh, went 8-0 in the bubble, of course. That's well-documented. I, I like this Phoenix. I like this Phoenix roster a lot more. I think they made a couple moves too to even give them a little bit more depth. Um, I think Phoenix is quietly going to move into that five, six, seven range of the playoffs. Uh, maybe even looking at it four. So, um, good, great move for them. Yeah. Um, and then anything for Drew Holiday going to Milwaukee? I mean, we've been talking about this for how long? Yeah, right. We talked about this at the trade deadline. Yeah. So I think one of us asked the question, what's going to make like Milwaukee winner at the trade deadline? And I said, Eric Bledsoe off the team. Like that. That happened. <laughs> that's an Eric Bledsoe for Drew Holiday. I think Milwaukee overpaid. Like the f- yeah. three picks and two swaps. That was what the Thunder got for Paul George, essentially. Yeah, and Drew Holiday is not that. And Drew Holiday is not that. And, like, I, I, 30 I and an expiring contract. Yeah. So that's. I think there's a wink, wink, nudge, nudge there, though. That he's coming back. He's right, long term. Yeah. Um, that's the thing. It's like, could you have done this for like two picks and a swap instead of three picks, two swaps? I think if you would have pushed New Orleans hard enough, yeah, you probably could have. But yeah. like, I don't. I really don't think Boston was like that serious of a contender, to be honest. Yeah. Like for Drew Holiday. And outside of him, I don't know how many teams were like really pushing for him. Like, was Dallas pushing for him? Maybe. What are they giving up though? Right. You know. So that's just what this comes down to. Is I think Milwaukee was probably in the best position to get him straight yeah. up, and they, you know, I get why you give it up because it's like it's if Giannis wants him, you do whatever you got to do. Right. But at the end of the day, Drew Holiday helps them. New Orleans again. This ends up getting turned into a bigger deal it becomes more win now there because that's what they want with stan van gundy um eric bledsoe sticks there so bringing in um steven adams eventually which we'll talk about um in episode 90 more it's like all of a sudden this defense okay there's defense there now with eric bledsoe steven adams and you form that around a team so there's i get why both teams did it and you made these moves with other moves in mind also um, for Milwaukee, though, their other move is what fell through. The Bogdan deal. That was wild. This Are we talking exact- about in that, that this episode or next episode? Um, it doesn't really matter. Because it, it started in what would be the time span of this episode, yeah. 89. But it really fell apart more in the other one. I don't care. Let's talk about it now. Um, like, this, Is this the most... This like sign and trade, not sign and trade? Incompetent thing from an organization who's been competing like, yeah, this looks in bad. a long time. This looks really bad. Like I don't like it was announced. Like the like, trade was announced, and then it, all of a sudden, like during the draft, it was like, oh, like he's not like okay with this deal. Like well, he was like announced on like Monday. 
Yeah, it was and, it was one of the first trades that came through. And it's like, um, no, wasn't even announced before Monday. I think it was announced like Saturday. Yeah, and it was like, yeah. um, the we're not even supposed to like start negotiating till Monday. And then, <laughs> that was a weird thing. I, I think I was listening to that on a podcast this week. They were like, "Well, you're technically not supposed to, because free agency doesn't start till Thursday." Bogdanovich isn't supposed to sign a deal yet. Yeah, it's like one thing to like again the wink, wink, nudge, nudge thing. Like you have the deal worked out already, but like right. you can't announce it. So it's like <laughs> again, what like assistant to the regional manager <laughs> like leaked this to Shams, and it's like, ah, oh, crap, I'm getting fired now. Um, I just like imagine you know that episode where like Dwight's like on the radio and like just Dunder Mifflin's collapsing. That's what I imagine this intern is sitting there like, like, oh, crap. <laughs> um, uh, that email that, got leaked or something. Yeah. It's the wrong person. So um, that was a pretty big disaster. Because, again, it was always reported that, like, the Antetokounmpo brothers and Bogdan are, like, friends. Right. It's just, obviously, whatever the deal was. Like, the actual number is what Bogdan was unhappy with. Right. Who knows what that number was? I don't think it ever really got released. But, um Bogdan's got other opportunities and offers elsewhere, but Milwaukee again really just—I don't know if it's Milwaukee or Sacramento—but someone really butchered that. Yeah, like you got to think like that was going to be a huge upgrade for Milwaukee, right? Like yeah. another shooter, another playmaker. Like then you're starting to see okay, Drew Bogdanovich, Middleton, Middleton, Giannis, and then whoever at the five. Yeah, they still have Brook Lopez there, and that like that lineup that I just mentioned. Like, you could play Giannis at the five a lot because everyone could kind, of, kind of slide down there. Um, yeah. And then you could throw in a guard, like, whatever. Yeah, other guys that they were going to bring in during free agency. Right, right. And really all you were giving up was DiVincenzo. Which is that, good, yeah. Yeah, and, like, for Sacramento, you you want DiVincenzo. Like, that's yeah. a good guy to bring in. And, like, Milwaukee, you don't feel too bad about losing him, though. Um, but obviously just a disaster there and so now like they've had to wave urson um Ilyasova, yeah so paid him a million dollars um and it's just like there's no way for the deal to literally happen anymore um the, the deal is dead so that was just crazy um i like the covington pickup for portland yeah nice deal they don't obviously care about draft picks so whatever um got him i like that they need wing depth we've been yelling about that for a Years. season and a half now yep. Um, Schroeder to LA again. I think I like it. Um, again, Danny Green obviously didn't give him much late in the year and then the bubble. So, you know, a little bit of recency bias there, but I still like the idea of Schroeder, especially knowing you're going to lose Rondo. Um, and Al Horford. Sure. Danny Green going to Philly in theory is a good idea. I mean, that's, that's the right play, right? Take on. It's the right bet. Yeah. Um, and it freed up some cap space too. Yeah, I mean, like, that that's the play. I mean, clearly Daryl Morey has been going for shooting with yes. some of the other moves he's making. The um, Seth Curry move. Yeah, um, involved in that. Right, yeah. And that's one of the crazier things is, like, um, like the ability to get off these deals we didn't think they would be able to get off. Like, we thought they were just dead in the water with Horford. Well, I mean, they attached a future first and I guess that's 34, true. which is nearly a first which yeah. is still like a very coveted second round pick because those are usually first round talents that you just didn't want to give them a guaranteed deal right so like 34 and that netted you guys teo maladon the Ayo. french point guard which like i think that's a really good pick there so like that's like two uh, a really a first round draft pick there with maladon 
and then a future first also. So it's like there's that's something. Right. And then I mean it's a year off of the Horford deal because you've played him a year in Philly. And maybe you, Horford's not as bad as he was in Philly. Or maybe he is, and that just helps you tanking. So, <laughs> what if Oklahoma State does the thing where like he plays well and like scores a whole bunch and rebounds really well, and then like flips him for another first round? That's pick? exactly what they're going to try and do. Um, <laughs> so, I I'll just I'll see that coming. Um, I don't know to who, but I, I could see that coming pretty easily. And then this during the draft trades, um, the Shamit Canard thing is interesting. I don't know who won that. I think both got. Guys that like player styles, they wanted. Kennard can dribble a bit more, can yeah. do a little more off the bounce and shoot. Shamit's just the runaround screens guy and really never needs to touch the ball otherwise, which Kyrie's going to appreciate. So, um, you know, like I think those are good moves. I don't know if they're like moves that put you over the top, but they're good moves. Yeah. Like, they're yeah. useful. I mean, Brooklyn didn't want a draft pick there. I just don't know how I feel about Luke Kennard to the Clippers. Like, I, I wonder if they're going to put a little too much on his plate. Just a little too much. Yeah. Because that's what they... Kawhi apparently has been saying, we need a point guard. Kennard's not a point guard, but he can dribble and do a little bit off, off the bounce. So I wonder if they're going to expect too much from him. Yeah. Which I would be worried about. But I don't know. I like Richardson to Dallas. Yeah, that's a good move. 3 I mean, wing. No, nope. again, doesn't need a dribble. I think that's the thing that you need next to Luca. Luca. And yeah. you're not going to ask him to do too much, which no. Philly was asking him to do a lot in their offense. Yes. Um, they needed him to, like, create off the dribble. Yeah. He's really just more of, like, a attack at closeout yeah. type of guy. And I think Rick Carlisle is going to help him a ton in that yes. defense. Um, Ricky Rubio to Minnesota, I think, is a good... Like, I, I think that's a good play. Because he just wants to pass the ball. Well, also, like... He's an Daniel adult. Russell isn't a great defender, and Ricky Rubio can kind of be in the right spot at the right time. It's not like a great he, defender. He's like but a smart veteran defender. He's competent, right? Yeah. And like you need that next to D'Angelo Russell. Yeah. Um, like they're still going to get smoked defensively overall <laughs> as a team. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Unless Jared Culver finds a way to be like all defensive, like first team player, yeah. which is not. That's just going to be really small then, though. Yeah. With Anthony Edwards and Cat, like there's just not a lot of defense on that team straight up. So. That is what it is. They're in trying to just outscore kids. Um, and then Seth Curry going to Philly. Again, the floor spacing idea. Again. Hey, crazy. Maybe don't let J.J. Redick walk for nothing. And, you know, I'm just going to keep bringing that one up again. Yeah. I know Golden State was rumored to try and go after J.J. with that trade exception. But mm. um, New Orleans ultimately said no. So, uh, I get it. You know. But so so many moves, not at the top of this draft in terms of player movement, but so what um, I heard about later. that, what I heard is that a lot of agents told the bad teams, "Don't take my guy because he doesn't want to play here." Well, that's the thing with this draft is like a lot of teams didn't actually get to meet him, so they're like, "I don't even really know you, and you're telling me not to take you." So like, yeah. I don't feel inclined to take you really in the first place, <laughs> and then you don't want to go here, you won't give me your medicals. I, I you're just screwing yourself out of the opportunity to get paid more money. Right. That maybe go to a better situation. I don't know. Um, also, I don't think, and this is going to be my first point. We're transitioning to the to the draft topic now. Because the top half of the draft, um, just it kept the order. Top 15. Yeah. Um, which was a bit weird. I think ultimately what happened, though, is like, with, and we talked about with this draft at the top, there wasn't like a guy or like a handful of guys. That are like, you got to get them. Um, so teams were like, you know what? We'll just kind of be happy with whoever falls to us. Mm. Whoever's there, 
we'll just take the guy that we want there. We don't there if there was no one that you really felt worth trading up for early on in the draft. Um, now later in the draft, spots sixteen through thirty, there were six separate trades mid draft, <laughs> and then from thirty one to forty two, the beginning of the second round, there were seven. Um, and so that and like that's so that's not counting the Horford deal that involved pick number thirty four. That's not in, um, considering the Schroeder deal that involved pick 28, Covington that involved 16. Those were all happened before the draft. Right. What I'm saying is there were 13 trades. During the draft. During the draft from pick 16 to 42. Um, and then two more at the end of the second round, although I think number 60 ended up being a part of the Drew trade. Um, but we didn't know that at the time. Um, so a lot, of, a lot of trades, just not early. Um, because it, later in the first round, beginning of the second round, is when teams were like, I want this guy or this one. If I'm going to take a pick in this draft, it's got to be that guy. Mm. And I'll give up a future second. Who cares? Right? So it's just top of the draft. Teams didn't want to give up 2021 picks, 2022 picks, 2023 picks. Drafts where it's better top-end talent or the potential of the high school drafts. Right. So I get that. Um, It's just that weird combination of events all coming in at once. Um, So we'll talk a bit about the draft. Um what liked didn't like winners losers and just some final random thoughts so um overarching i think i liked the top nine okay pretty solid the pat williams at number four to uh chicago was the one where it's like okay a, a bit reachy for me personally but everything i heard was he was going that four to seven eight range i didn't have i have more late lottery but from what I heard, it wasn't surprising. Yeah. Um, going to Chicago there. So it the team willingness to like go get their guy like we were just saying at the end of this first round ish. I again I, I can appreciate that. You mm-hmm. you like a guy, I go get him. Um and last little thing, quick point. I liked um not being scared of like the multi year guard. So like again I'm not saying draft, you know, senior point guards in the top ten. Like we're past that, I know. Yeah. But like um, I know I'm not the biggest Halliburton fan by any means, but like multi-year guard, right? Neesmith was a multi-year guard at Vanderbilt. And even late, you see like Peyton Pritchard to Boston, four-year guy from Oregon, Malachi Flynn to Toronto, multi-year guy from Washington or uh, Washington State originally, and then San Diego State. So like, just being willing to take those guys and like being like, I don't care if they play two years or three years or four years. Yeah. Like, that's fine. Um, they're a good player. They're best player here. We need a guard. We're taking him. Um, so I appreciate that. The what I didn't like, didn't really care for the late lottery, 10 to 14. I liked Kyra Lewis to New Orleans at 13. I was fine with Neesmith at 14 to Boston, but like, I wasn't the biggest fan of 10, 11, 12, mm. which was Jalen Smith to Phoenix, which that was the first pick that made a lot of people um, that were very like in-depth with the, da- with the draft, kind of like jaw hit the floor. Yeah. It was like, we're doing this again, Phoenix. <laughs> you did this cam johnson last year whereas like you picked it him it kind of like, worked out with cam johnson but. kind of yeah like you picked him like 10 15 spots like quote unquote too high yeah and jalen smith i had him at like something like 30 31 most people had him like 20 to 28 and he went 10 yeah um i i guess get your guy but that that was aggressive i'm not the biggest vassell and halberton guys i have them more like early 20s for me they went 11 12 everyone else's board they were that high Halberton, quote unquote, fell, 
on a lot of people's yeah, boards. Yeah, he was supposed to fall in that like seven to ten yeah, range, right? Like they're like, there's no way he's really getting past Detroit at seven, right? And even some people were like, even if he does, there's no way he's getting past Phoenix at ten. And yeah. then he went to twelve to Sacramento. Um, some people even thought he was like Jay Billis, you know, on the show. He had him as like four, and a lot of people had him as like four or like six um, to put him next to Trey Young. Mm. And um, in Atlanta, he ended up going to twelve. Honestly, I don't mind it. I I still think it's too high personally. I'll, I'm just not the big fan of the shooting. And I don't think he actually plays defense. Um, but sure, he can pass the ball. Like, yeah, cool. You drafted like Phoenix version of Ricky Rubio. Like, <laughs> w- that's like the twenty fifth best point guard in the NBA, right? Yeah. Like, I think that's I think that's more just like what he is long term. But that's yeah. just me. Um. So I didn't love that portion of the draft. Also, it we also talk about it's like the weird portion of the draft you don't really want to be in. Um. We talk about it every year. Yeah. Maybe there's a guy that like works out from that spot ish. Like who's but, the best player from there? Like the Devin Booker, or like Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, right. Like, that, we saw like why Paul George, and it's like yeah, that doesn't happen that often. Um, I don't know. I really like Kyrie Lewis at thirteen in New Orleans, but outside of that, nah. <laughs> um, then like how far R.J. Hampton fell in the draft? He was a like a top ten, like number seven ish on my board. I think is where he finished. Um, fell to twenty four. Yeah, like Denver just like. Uh, I guess we're going to take this guy. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah. We're going to take this flyer on a pro-ready guy. Yeah. Um, I think in reading from a lot of really smart draft people that are very they're very clearly the NBA way overthought this mm. thing. They're like, he didn't have a great year in Australia. It's like, well, he didn't go to a team that asked him to shoot 25 times a game. He like, played he, competitive he basketball. He went to a team knowing he wasn't going to start. He mm. went to a team knowing he was a backup, a role player, a, I just need you to, like, play hard and play defense and, like, opportunistically shoot. Like, that's just what he was asked to do um, for New Zealand last year. So, like, yeah, he could have gone to somewhere like Illawarra, where LaMelo Ball went and took 20-plus shots a game and, like, had eight turnovers every game. He could have done that. He didn't. Um, I don't know. Would you have preferred him to go to Kansas? And just, like, played, like, And, like, whatever. been, like... 14 points a game, five rebounds, and two assists. He probably would have like, been the number two pick then, like, right? I mean, he's a freak athlete. I don't think people realize how athletic the dude is. Um, he's like a top five athlete in the draft. If he did that, I mean, I am for sure he's a top ten pick. Mm. But So NBA overthought that one, just straight up. Yeah, yeah. Um, don't like that. Um, and then the last thing, bigs in the draft. We, we're going to do this again, Ryan. We're going to do this again. Um, <laughs> Every year. Now, like, don't get me wrong. I get, I, I even had three big, quote-unquote bigs, if you count Obi Toppin as a big, which you probably should, and like my top 10 on my board, just because that's what's there this year. But like past that, I really wasn't super certain about bigs in this draft, and like what was going to happen to them. So like Wiseman went to, I think it's too high, whatever, I've already said that, I don't need to get back on this horse. Okongwu went six to Atlanta, whatever. Fine. Shine. Like, yeah, like... You already have Capella. Obviously, you don't think Capella's there long-term. Right. Um, you took Okongwu. I don't know why you took a backup center at six who's, like, a fine starter long-term. I don't know. Maybe he turns into something. I mean, it's the same thing with Jackson Hayes last year. And- yeah. I mean, if you think... If you truly think he's Bam Adebayo, sure. I don't. Sure. Yeah. I don't. But, okay. And then Obi Toppin, eight to the Knicks. Yeah. That's what I had mocked. That's why I thought was going to happen. Cool. All right. Whatever. Um, I think he's the best offense big out of all those guys. Um, I like offense, so... Okay. After that, Jalen Smith going 10, disaster. 
in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Just disaster. Isaiah Stewart, I love the kid. Shouldn't have gone 16. Like, just shouldn't have gone 16 to Detroit. I like Zeke Najee. It's like him going 22, I think it's fine. Um, and so it's just like we keep going. It's like Azabuki to the Jazz at 27. That's a disaster. It. I know I'm not listing all of them, but depending on who you classify as a big or not, something like nine-ish bigs went in the first round. Something like 15 bigs went like in the top 45. And it's just like, what are we doing? Like, did we... I, we watched the bubble and it's like, did we think like, oh, the Lakers went big, so now we all have to go big. Yeah, it's like, that's 100% that, that, what that's, that's what's happening. That's 100% what's happening. It's like, no. You don't understand. The Lakers, it's not like they were throwing JaVale McKee out there. Dwight Howard, right. when he was out there, was like fine for like four minutes. and they then like the bench. And then they had to bench him. Yeah. And so it's like, no, it's not just bigs. It's overly skilled bigs right. can play. Right. That's the thing. If you're seven feet and you can shoot, if you're seven feet and you can pass, if you're seven feet and you can dribble, yeah, there's a spot for you, obviously, in the NBA. If you're seven feet and you can rebound, and, like, that's it. Like, okay. You're playing, like, in the first round and then yeah. maybe getting some looks in the second round. And, like, that's max it. Yeah. And it's so, like, uh, okay, what are we doing here, people? Um, just doing this again. So, didn't love that. So now we'll talk a little more in depth about some teams, some players, winners, and losers. Mm. So, first winner here. And I mentioned I didn't love Isaiah Stewart going 16. I don't, like, just in a vacuum. But I'll say Detroit's culture was a winner here. I know you and I texted about this a little bit. I think they kind of, like, had a sneaky good draft. Like, I know I, like, I've done very, like, the minimal draft research that I could do to barely speak on it. But I like Sadiq Bey there. Like, yes. he, I, like Him, he, everyone says he should not have gone 19. There's yeah. no reason he should have gone 19. Yeah, yeah. And, like, he... He reminds me so much of OG Ananobi, yes. and, and like I don't know how he's not that athlete, but stylistically, yeah. yeah. And I just don't know how the NBA, how teams in don't front, like he's a wing, right? Like he's yes. kind of that wing. Like you need guys like that, and default at nineteen kind of feels. I know he's probably a little bit more of a project, um, but I, I like this draft for Detroit, and I like they drafted some young talent, and like. They haven't had hope. We've talked about yes. that about Detroit. It kind of looks like they have some hope now. Like Killian Hayes, like you could kind of get around Killian Hayes. I super for sure can get on Killian Hayes, especially moving off Canard because um, they clashed a little bit in terms of role. Yeah. So it really opens it up for Hayes. Um, I obviously I liked Hayes more than a lot of people. Um, so getting him at seven, I think, is incredible. Stewart again, great kid, great kid. He just shouldn't have gone sixteen. You could have got him late first round. Mm. You you mm. could have got in there with, you know, Minnesota and New York and OKC trading all those picks in the twenties. <laughs> you could have stolen one of those and got Isaiah Stewart back there. You didn't need to do it at sixteen. Now you didn't really give up anything, I guess, long term. Yeah. That was the whole Trevor Reza, where is he going thing. But like whatever. Um, like you didn't want to pay Luke Kennard, so yeah. like whatever. And then Sadiq Bay, which is a part of the Kennard Shamit three-way swap there again Sadiq Bay. i like him for the culture there he's a good player too like he's really a player he's a complimentary player more than anything other teams that were really looking to make the playoffs should have been more interested in Sadiq Bay. um but i for detroit again good culture pick and then they acquired a pick in the second round that they didn't have can name saban lee from vanderbilt freak athlete point guard gets to the lane can't really shoot it yet Mm. but he's gotten better he played two years at vanderbilt um I like him as like kind of a swing. 
anyway, I like the culture. These are all guys that's like, you can kind of see like potential here, but also like yeah. you, they're going to play hard this year. Right. And it's not going to feel like a wasted season, even if they only win like 15 games, which yeah. they might. Right. No, I so. mean, that's kind of goal. You kind of need to another draft class like this and next year's draft. I think this kind of build out that core. Yes. If I'm Troy Weaver, I'm not viewing this as like a solo draft. I'm viewing this as a combination of next year's pick and Killian Hayes. Mm, so mm. you know you're getting a most likely, you know, assuming lottery works out for you relatively well, a top five pick next year. Um, and you're drafting one of those dynamic guard wing guys of Cade Cunningham, Jalen Green, whomever. And you're like, who? I'm getting Killian Hayes now, giving him a year to develop, and then I'm pairing him with one of those guys. That's your plan. So 16, 19, whatever. You get who you get. They're good culture guys. They'll like work with you. You might grow them into something. Um, but really, this is a two-year draft combo. It's Killian Hayes and whoever you get top five next year. Yeah. And Killian Hayes pairs well with just a lot of those guys just because of he's a guard who can shoot and do work off on the dribble. A lot of those guys can too. So now all of a sudden, by the end of next year's draft, Detroit might have like two legit on-ball creators who can shoot. Haven't had that in a long time. Yeah. They got a high, high level. Yeah. I mean, that's a good trajectory for Detroit, which, I mean, it looked really grim. It did. It looked really grim there for a minute. And if I'm a Detroit fan, I'm not hopping off the bandwagon yet. No. I mean, you're not watching a lot of games because these guys are going to suck, but, I mean, you got to be optimistic. Hey, like, there's some optimism just, around just the organization. Just catch the Instagram highlights. Exactly. Yeah, yeah right. Go watch Go watch the national TV game. Don't watch the locally yeah, televised yeah. game. Um, my last little point here before we move on. The Isaiah Stewart thing, last bit. So, Troy Weaver is friends and former um, coaching colleagues of Mike Hopkins, the mm. coach at the University of Washington, mm. um, when uh in previous years so there's that connection there so isaiah stewart was like definitely going to detroit this whole time yeah again why they didn't need to trade up 16 to get him everyone knew he's going to detroit so anyway um moving on talk about the number one pick here anthony edwards um and minnesota's future i feel good about the potential here i think all the potential in the world roster is much better than it was a year ago yeah it like it feels like it has some juice. Like defensively, it's gonna be bad. Oh yeah. <laughs> but at least you can confidently say you're gonna be good at one thing, and that's never really been the case with Minnesota. It's like you're kind of good at both. If I squint my eye and close one of the the other one, um, I don't know. I I like Anthony Edwards. I think that's a good fit there. Um, is he gonna be the next next Andrew Wiggins 2.0? Hopefully not. <laughs> he definitely could be. He definitely could be way better. Yeah, but I think his ceiling's probably maybe a little bit higher, because um, like his comp, your comp for him was like a Dwayne Wade type. Like right? that's what a lot of people are like, this Dwayne Wade ish. I mean, the Victor Oladipo y if okay. you wanted to play yeah, defense. Yeah. yeah, I mean, really, it's just that hyper athletic wing guard who could get hot at any time and go for thirty. Yeah, whatever that guy is. That's Anthony Edwards. I think playing next to D'Angelo Russell, like offensively, that's going to help him a ton. Um, and Carl Anthony Towns, because there's going to be so much attention brought on those guys yeah. um, that he can kind of get some better open it's, looks. It's going to be his first year playing with like good teammates. Yeah. So like, that's the thing. Like in high school, 
he didn't go to like one of those schools like mount Verde or anything like that like img or whatever. yeah he he just went to like a normal prep school in georgia like that's just it like he didn't play with anybody and then he went to the university of georgia and they had like one other like semi draft prospect mm-hmm. and that was it um who was like a maybe second round guy and didn't get picked like that like last year was his first year with a real coach and yeah. tom cream so like he has so much potential there, and the fact that he's only been playing like high-level competitive basketball for the last like four years, like, and he's already this good, like, if you can just channel it and get him focused on basketball and just basketball, there's so much here. Mm-hmm. But it it's going to take some real leadership in Minnesota, and they all said from their interviews and everything they think it's there, and they really got him to open up and talk to them, and they feel connected. But even if it doesn't work i don't know who else you were realistically taking to fill that wing void on this team because that's ultimately what it was on this team they need a wing right not another guard not another big they needed a wing there was no one else like that in this draft at that level of upside so i get why you take him i get why this might be a still roughish year one but Mm. if minnesota fans and management will stick it out for two or three years you could really see this take off they also drafted um, Leandro Balmero, the Argentinian um, point uh, six seven, uh, currently playing in Spain right now um, for Barcelona. He's staying over there for another year um, mm. before he comes over. But um, good draft stash there. Again, this is all about the future. Jaden McDaniels came into the year as a top five guy. Um, didn't have a great year at Washington, but still a lot of upside there got him late in the first good future pick and then also like you mentioned at the top they got rubio so a guy who gladly passed the ball does yeah. not feel the need to shoot the ball at all. doesn't need to be iso or have the ball in his hands a ton cat wants it in the post that is completely fine <laughs> i will get yeah. you the ball <laughs> yeah cat loves playing with him apparently too so yeah so i think like it's a good way to help them develop rubio helps everyone develop because he's willing passer they got some real potential and talent with edwards balmero and mcdaniels to go along with Cat and D'Angelo, it's like, yeah, they still might not make the playoffs this year. But give this two or three years, give Rosas a couple years, this could be like a real thing um, if it all pans out. There's a chance it could. There's a chance it could fall flat on its face. <laughs> but in, in Minnesota, you just got to take some swings, to be honest. Mm. Right? It's not like they're getting free agents. So got to do it through the draft. Um, we've alluded to it a bit already, but Philly's floor spacing, Ryan. Big winner. Tyrese Maxey, Danny Green, Seth Curry, Isaiah Joe, and Paul Reed. I don't know that last guy, but I'm assuming since you put him on this list yeah. that he's a shooter. He's he's a, he's a big, he's like 6'9", six, 6'10", six, who's got some potential to shoot. Mm. So if any big's going to stretch the floor around that pick they're um, getting at, that was a good one. They needed, I mean, definitely, I think Tyrese Maxey is a great fit for them. And I what, think he's a better shooter than yeah. he showed at Kentucky. Yeah, and I think he's that explosive playmaker. He yeah. kind of like from the highlights I've seen, I've seen of him. It kind of he kind of reminds me of Kobe White a little bit. Yeah, he's um, not quite as fast, but he's a better defensively. Yeah, um, but uh, I mean, like you need that scoring, like Shake Milton. Yeah, like he's type. better Shake Milton. Yeah, yeah that's a good way is. to put it. Um, Danny Green, of course, three and D still fits. Like he can obviously. In <laughs> in theory he can obviously help guys like matisse Thybul, maybe yeah. um and seth curry of course like he's one of the best shooters one of the best in the shooters league. on the league like career like 40 percent from three 
Like, is he just going to help this team? Like, this is the most shooting this Philly team has had yeah. since yeah. the first, like, trust the process. One of yeah. the first trust the process yeah. lineups. Um, so, yeah, overall, I think this is all, all good for Philly. Mm. All making right. You know, coming into 21st century basketball, <laughs> we're getting there. We're yeah. not playing Detroit basketball back in the 80s with yes. the bad boys and no one can shoot outside of five feet of the basket. How bad does Elton Brand feel? Like, basically, just, like, whatever philosophy you had not just the al horford trade but whatever philosophy you had for this team just got punted well like the thing is like you're not giving up that much like danny green's a good defender south curry is like a competent defender yeah. it's not like you're giving up like i think i yeah all you're defensive right. guys you know yeah well that's the, and yeah i just think it's like with this bigs hyper defensive look that elton brand tried to throw out there yeah daryl moore is like look 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 i think your heart was in the right place yeah. But this is not actually what you do. Right. And so it's like, we're going to put guys out there like Danny Green and Seth Curry. That like, I don't even know if they're good defenders. And Danny Green at the time was, I don't know if he still is, but because um, of injuries more than anything. But like, they can at least be competent defenders. Well, that's the thing is like, the thought is like, you don't need these guys to be locked out defenders because you have one of the best defenders in the league, period, and Ben Simmons. Simmons. And by the way, you also have one of the best defenders of the inter- interior and rim protection and Joel and beat. Yeah. Like you have the two things you need to anchor a great defense. You don't need to like pile on top of that. You yeah. need shooting. You need offense yeah. on the floor to help them because of their offensive flaws, not because of their yes. defensive greatness. Yes. That's exactly it. Um, so that's saying obviously now like there's a little depth here in Philly also. Yeah. Um, it's it's like, not like what's his Mike, Mike Scott. Like it's yeah. not, it's not like, Oh my God. Play much anymore. Yeah. Um, along with some other moves they made in free agency now so it's like there's there's a team here like a a semi-balanced team a 21st century basketball um, team like a and, tw- 2021 basketball yeah. team this is the team people were hoping last year would be and yeah. was just set up designed poorly and like just couldn't do but like all the people who had the expectations last year just transferred over to this year and it's like okay i could actually see this a bit more because right. you and i were very leery about last year yeah we weren't working. we weren't high on that team while no. everyone else was and and we were right um <laughs> and now uh, this team assuming these guys shoot as uh, like they don't fall off a cliff um cc markout faults i i think this is more like what people were hoping for um just a couple other nice drafts um quick mention here um I think I like the Clippers move with Luke Kennard. Um, but also, in the second round, they went up and they um, essentially bought Daniel Oturu, who's a big out of Minnesota, who's got some real shooting ability. Very real shooting ability. Um, along with what they've done in free agency, I think he could be a guy that really develops there. Um, and then, I, I know the Oklahoma City Thunder got the quote-unquote like mystery man of the draft. Um but there's another guy in this draft that really didn't get talked much about. His name's Jay Scrub. So, also, <laughs> incredible last name, right? <laughs> um, he he went, like, 55 or whatever, mm. 57 in this draft. So, he's played two years of college ball at the junior college level. Oh, what um, the heck? <laughs> um, was le- he's a legit five-star kid, but academics. Um, sent him Juco. And mm. so, two-time Juco player of the year um ab he's six six wing um lefty dunks on everybody um and he can shoot a bit too okay now it's probably he's not the juco level he was supposed to go to louisville and 
then decided, um, you know what? Nah, I'll go to the NBA. And so if he had gone to Louisville this past year, he would have been a part of the 2021 draft, and it's a loaded draft. So he's like, I don't want to do that. So he basically was like, I'll just take my chances to go to the NBA now, I'll bet on myself. Um, ends up in LA. Would not be shocked if he like plays for them. Mm. And if you can get like number 50-something playing for you, that's a win, right? Yeah. Straight up. I really wouldn't be shocked. Now, like, he might spend some time in the G League. I wouldn't be, again, because he, he needs to play some higher level talent. But like he's got the legit athleticism. And if you think the shooting's real, which in clips it looks fine. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's hard to gauge other things because, like, you know, moves off the dribble and everything because you're playing junior college kids. But it all looks good. So, might be a, a legit steal of the draft there. Um, and for nothing, like you didn't pay anything like that. You had that pick. So I liked that move there. Um, wizards. We can talk about them a touch more. Got Denny idea at number nine, who most people had as like a top six guy. I know yeah. I did, um, out of Israel and they got Cassius Winston, um, in the second round who like four year Michigan state guard. Yeah. He like, he's going to be in the NBA for like eight years minimum he's gonna like be that backup yeah. point guard for them well if actually he, he might be the starting point guard depending on how this john wall thing shakes out we haven't talked about that at all that's episode 90 yeah. stick around for that um but like he could just be ishmith minimum yeah and like yeah. ishmith's nice you know he's a nice backup point guard but it's right. like he could just be that and you got him at number like 53 or whatever mm. and so a good pick and then avdia um there's very real upside with him mm-hmm. um, being more than just, like, a catch-and-shoot wing. Like, they drafted Troy Brown of Oregon a couple years ago to be, like, this playmaker wing type of guy. And it hasn't really panned out. Like, he's fine, but he hasn't really panned out. is like, actually that. Mm. Um, better athlete, bigger, nicer-looking shot also, um, and can legit pass. So I think he could step in and again he's played for Maccabi Tel Aviv for like seven years and like three years like on the like the senior team. Like he's he can be a pro tomorrow. Um mm. he just has like very much like a big FOH energy about him. Yeah, yeah. So like I very much appreciate someone who basically just like had their like draft night video and like a wine bar also. <laughs> and I was like you what give, a baller status. You give no cares, right? Yeah. Like, you're just doing your thing. Um, come to America, you can't drink. But um, <laughs> uh, I don't, I just really like this move. He feels like a guy who can plug and play now, but there's yep. a very real upside. And Washington's, like, between him and Bertans and um, Hachimura, Beal, Wall, if Wall ever plays again, um, which I think he should. Um, I was like, okay, you have, like, a small ball lineup there. You have Thomas Bryant still, who like is like a very good offensive center. I don't yeah. play defense, but play offense. All of a sudden, it's like you have a team. Yeah, you. I mean, like it's kind of in it's, that Detroit vein where it's like, oh, this was yeah. this roster was bad. It's the fight in Bradley Beals last year. Uh, yeah, that's all it was. Um, <laughs> and now it's kind of it looks more optimistic. Yeah. Like you feel like you have better pieces and younger pieces, which has not been a thing in De- or excuse me in uh washington for for a hot minute there um because they were trying to compete uh for so long yeah so i don't uh, it's good draft good moves i just think it's like a a solid like a minus draft like competent i was like good job washington like you (laughs) did not screw it up yeah yeah Yeah, you didn't screw it up um another good draft night was dallas 
So one, they got Josh Richardson, which we've talked about a little bit. Yep. Again, really smart move. Good pick for um, pairing with Luka Doncic. He'll start for them. Um, other draft, like their actual draft picks. So they had two coming into the night. They acquired a third in that Josh Richardson deal, which again, incredible. You got a draft pick with Josh Richardson. Like it's going to hurt losing Curry, but getting Josh Richardson in a pick was nice. So at number 18, they drafted Josh Green, the wing out of Arizona. I had him in this range-ish. Um, I think I had him on my board, finished at like 15. So right range, a lot of upside, loves playing defense, great athlete, can shoot a little. If you think you can shoot more, which I think you can, it's a great pick. Um, number 31, they went Tyrell Terry, the guard out of Stanford, little small. His like main comp by pretty much everyone is Seth Curry. So <laughs> you may have given up Seth Curry and just drafted the guy who is like the next Seth Curry. Um, again, can really shoot. Can really shoot. Um, little small, but he can shoot the lights out. And then Tyler Bay. I'm not the biggest Tyler Bay fan. I had him closer to 60. But maybe, I mean, in terms of like combine athleticism, maybe the best athlete. I don't know if it's functionally like in a game translates quite as well. Yeah. But 6'9". Um, one Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year, mm. um, pogo stick, mm. just pogo stick. If you think uh, you have better Dorian Finney-Smith here, once you teach him to shoot, oh, yeah, yeah, because he can shoot a little. It's just like not NBA ready to shoot. But if you think you can get him that level of shooting, this is a well worth it pick. I just don't know if you ever will. But otherwise, I I love the idea of it. So real potential with Green, Terry, and Bay. You got a guy in Richardson who's going to help start for you. I don't know how Dallas walks away from this draft realistically any better than that. Mm. And for a team that, like, they've already made the playoffs. Luka's right. already been a top five MVP candidate. Right. There's It's only going up from here. Yeah. Um, this is a real win for, for that franchise, I think, going forward. Because, um, again, they couldn't play defense really last year. No, it was all offense. Yeah. Richardson, don't get me wrong, he can't fix the defense. But him and Green are going to play for them this year. And that's two very real NBA wing defenders you have now. Mm. Um, yeah. Along with Dorian Finney-Smith, if you can just get enough shooting from those guys, pairing with Porzingis and Doncic, wow, you have a team now. Again, you have similar to this Philly idea, but it's the inverse of it. Like, you've got some balance now because you have players who can play defense, um, not just offense. Last draft, I really liked um, my favorite, I would say, overall, in terms of just prospects and acquiring them, is the Denver Nuggets. I know I'm a bit higher on Zeke Naji than some. Um, I have him, I think I ended up having him somewhere in like 16 to 18. Um, they drafted him at 22 with their pick, um, and then they traded into 24 to get RJ Hampton, who I had at 7 on my board. Again, I was high on him. I liked him. He was like a top five-ish guy coming into the year. I finished him at seven. Um, I think the jump shot has come a long way in the offseason. I think he's a real player. I think, again, functionally athletic, like athletic not just combine athletic. Um, so I, I love that. He fell 24, way overthought it, like I mentioned earlier. Again, Denver, it's like, we all like, how did Michael Porter Jr. fall to 14? A couple yeah. years ago, you know, yeah. that's how I we're going to be having that same conversation in a year about RJ Hampton. Like, what are we doing here? Like, why did we pass him up? Um, so that's where I'm at now. Is he going to be a guy that commands too many shots in Denver um, because it's like he wants the ball? I don't think so. Cause we just saw him in New Zealand not force twenty shots right. on a goodish team. 
Like he's like, I'll play my role. Fine. We're we're good. It's, so it's worth it to play this role. Well, like Denver Tory is Craig, good. Tory Craig just left Denver. I know we'll yes. talk about that. I know that's kind of a contextual thing. And like you feel like Michael Porter Jr. eats more into his minutes. Yeah. And then so like who's like balancing the back end of those? Yeah. Porter Jr. Yeah. minutes. And maybe Will Barton comes back and like that's just it. Yeah. But Hampton's a guy that if you can develop him similar to how they've developed Porter, this is going to be like a huge hit, but we just don't realize it right now. Yeah. So, and there are other teams that had good drafts, but I feel like those were just some of the bigger winners or like contextual winners. Mm. Like talking about like with Detroit's culture and whatnot. Um, definitely, definitely can't have some winners without losers though. Um, and again, some of these are just teams. Some of these are contextual. Um, we'll kind of hit back on it. I didn't love the Jalen Smith at 10. Um, big man from Maryland. Yeah. So, uh, if you didn't listen to the um, draft preview on cent- or Bigs, not centers, Bigs, um, Jalen Smith, uh, his nickname is is Sticks. Very, mm. very skinny. Yeah. Um, I say skinny. He's like 220 pounds now. He's bulked up to 220 pounds. <laughs> um, and he's like 6'10", 6'11", long arms, blocks a ton of shots in college. In the NBA, I think he'll block some shots still. He can shoot. He can really shoot. He really worked on that. But it's very, very stiff. Mm. It's very stiff. And so um, NBA, you know, the line gets backed up a bit more. If you just think he's an incredible, great shooter, whatever. I I mean, I think he's a good shooter. I think he's a great shooter. And then defensively, if you're making this pick at 10, that tells me you think you can play him next to DeAndre Ayton, who's a true five, right? Jalen Smith cannot move on the perimeter. That was never in anyone's like draft um, report for him that he could move on the perimeter. Everyone knows he can't. So you draft. You, so now you're really playing defensively two fives out there. I don't love that, obviously, because right. Devin Booker's not playing defense on the perimeter. And then, I mean, you have McHale, but I, I don't know. I don't know. Can you, like Chris Paul? Can he compensate enough for it? Maybe can Mikael compensate enough for it? Maybe is Jalen Smith shooting good enough to where it needs to compensate for his defense? Like you need, mm. like it's like worth putting him on the floor. Yeah, I don't know, and nor does Jalen Smith like really pass or dribble. <laughs> so it's like he's really offensively he's a one trick pony. He's a three point shooter at the mm. NBA level, assuming it translates, and it will translate like catch and shoot. I'm sure on that, but like not off movement. I don't think. Um, and then defensively, he blocks shots. He's a rim protector, 220 pounds. Kind of works in the NBA as like a small ball five. But why do you draft someone at 10 to be your really just backup, backup center, center, small yeah. ball five? Back in like weird, unique lineups. I don't get it. I'm not saying like I have a great idea on who they should have selected otherwise. Although I, <laughs> would, have t- I would have taken, yeah, quite a few guys ahead of him. Um, I... Again, I just don't love the value there. You could have traded back and got him pretty easily. Mm. So, you know, I don't, I don't get it quite that much. Just from a, even a value perspective, because um, you could have got like they're they do need a little bench help still. So you could have like traded back, got like a nice bench piece, and yeah. still got Jalen Smith. Like that's just kind of like the finagling in the draft. That, like some GMs are really good at, and some aren't. And maybe that's just this situation in Phoenix. They're like, this is our guy. Let's just take him. Let's just take him. <laughs> yeah. Same thing last year with Cam Johnson. They could have moved back five, ten spots and still got Cam Johnson. They're like, yeah, we'll just take him. Oh, I, I, all right, I guess. And, like, Cam Johnson kind of worked 
out. Yeah. So he can... But he was shoot. like a 46% three-point shooter. Right. It was like, pretty obvious. Yeah, we all knew he was going to shoot. Um, Jalen Smith is like a good three-point shooter. He's not that good, though. Yeah. So, yeah. Suns, their momentum. You had the Chris Paul trade, right? Yeah. And then you do this. And it was like, ah. <laughs> and less good. Yeah. Like, ah, we're the Suns again. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, this is weird. Mm. Um, next loser, calling out a player here, Derek White. Oh, um, I like Derek White. Just yeah. for reference, yeah, yeah. I like Derek White. Um, so the Spurs selected Devin Vassell at eleven. They also selected Trey Jones from Duke in the yeah. second round. Yeah, um, another guard, defensive who, guard. Yes. Um, team already has obviously Dejounte Murray, Lonnie Walker, Keldon Johnson. Um, they still have Patty Mills. Bryn Forbes did leave, but like, so they have a lot of young guard wings. That they've drafted high or invested, like they've already paid Dejounte, um, and now we're bringing in two more guards that are defensive-minded guards that can catch and shoot, and we have Derek White. I Derek White's about to get paid because he's in the last year of his rookie deal. Mm. I don't. I, I it seems apparent now that the Spurs are not going to be the team for him because you yeah. cannot draft two more guards when they needed front court help and then pay Derek White. Like, right. you're just going to have this cluster of guards that need to get on the court to develop, and you just don't have minutes for them anymore. Right. So, Derek White, a uh, a real candidate to get traded, I think, right mm. now. Um, either going into the season or at the trade deadline. Um, to who? No idea. But he's a guy I would be... If you're one of those teams just opportunistically, like, trying to, like, pick guys away, just to, like, take shots on them, Derek White, you're leaving San Antonio, a good situation, even though you didn't make the playoffs last year, good situation to go to... Oh, maybe a better situation. Maybe not. <laughs> um, maybe you end up in a Detroit. Uh-oh. That sucks. <laughs> um, or or a Charlotte or somewhere else. Um, Bulls fans. So, Pat Williams obviously became, like, the draft Twitter darling, I would mm, say, over the last yeah, month. Yeah. The same way there's always, like, that guy that rises in March Madness. Oh, yeah. And it's yeah. like, ah... Uh, like this you're playing guy. really well, but like you should not be rising ten draft spots yeah. because of this. Um, or like you know they do like some workouts, or like they go to the combine and you're like, whoa, they're an incredible athlete. We didn't know that. It's like, well, did you not watch them? Like, <laughs> um, and they end up going like five spots too high. So this is what happened here. Most people had him in this ten to fourteen range, ten to fifteen range, all draft, and then like the last like two and a half weeks, everyone jumped on this guy's bandwagon, and now he went four to the bulls and so okay i'm not saying this guy couldn't work out he right. very well might work out long term um but for a team that brought in billy donovan right mm-hmm. decided they're keeping wendell and laurie for now at least they have levine they have kobe white they still have Otto porter they didn't get off of any of these guys right and now you top four pick you have like thad young sadaransky on your bench it's like I think their expectation is playoffs, right? Yeah. Bringing in Billy. Yeah. Billy's not going there to not win. I don't know if this is a playoff team still. Mm. And so it's like, you're in theory, you have a good roster and you're bringing in a number four pick. This should go well. I'm just, I'm worried for Bulls fans that this just isn't going to go as well as you hope it is. And I have no stock in the Bulls. I don't care about the Bulls, but I... I feel bad because I'm not saying they squandered the number four pick, but Pat Williams is a development guy. He's a two, three year guy to like see if he's like a thing, like at a 
top five pick level or right. not. Right. And Bulls fans want to win this year. So I'm wondering, does a guy like Markin or Carter get shipped out a bit too quick? Mm. Um, I think you're holding on to Kobe White because he had a good end of rookie year and you didn't take or you didn't try and trade up for like Lamelo or anything. But right. I don't know with them. I don't know if they actually have like a good team. I don't know if the some of all their parts is really what they're hoping it's going to be. Yeah. Or if it's more just like good individual pieces. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what to think with the Bulls. Like, they've just made, like, individually good moves, I think. Like, a, like yeah, you draft a kind of wingish who's a has a high ceiling, but, like, in your context, does that help you win? Yeah. That didn't help him. I don't think Pat Williams really helps him now. And, like, that's kind of the other thing is, like, Billy Donovan's a good coach, but you're bringing him in to win. Billy Donovan's been a really good coach with, like, Russell Westbrook and CP3. Right. Like, what is he going to do with this, like, scrappy... I don't. It's not even scrappy. Just, like, this kind of hodgepodge roster that yeah. doesn't really of have... young guys that, like, want to get paid and Zach Levine. Yeah. Yeah. Like, your best player's been Russell Westbrook... CP3, and now it's Zach Levine. Right. I don't know. Like, I think Billy's a good coach, too. Yeah. I don't... Is he this good of a coach? <laughs> I don't know. Like, there's so many teams in the East who think they're making the playoffs. The Bulls in that group. Like, you have to look at yourself in the mirror. And, the like, East does is good. This pick... Does this pick, like, help us get better today? And, like, I don't think he's... Like you're saying, he's that plug-and-play guy. Which, again, might work out long-term. Just not that yet, and that's fine. Right. It's just adjust your expectations, Bulls fans. Mm. Last one, Houston Rockets. So here's the thing: they didn't have a a draft pick coming in before the Robert Covington trade. So you know what? Whatever. I was just going to give them an F and move on because they didn't have a draft pick um, for a draft grade. But then they got a first round pick for Covington. They got 16. And I was like, okay, a guy who could come in on a low price salary, that could really help. Someone like, I don't know, Sadiq Bey. And then they get into the draft, they have the pick, and they're like, you know what? Nah. <laughs> I actually, we don't want this at all. And like, basically, I mean, didn't give it away for much of anything either. So it's like, what what are you doing? Like, what was the point of this then? Of like getting, You gave up Covington for what now is next to nothing. Because it is Detroit's gonna whatever send they send you future first is gonna be super heavily protected. Right. Like they're not trading into sixteen. Like an unprotected, like any yeah. sort of unprotected. Yeah. Pick. This pick yeah. like is not going to convey for a long time, or it's not going to be any good. Yeah. So like whatever it ends up being, I'm curious to see what it ends up being. But it's like you had a chance to get like a real guy on a very small salary that could help you. And I'm just going to say Sadiq Bey, because that's who they should have drafted. But they just punted it. And I was like, why? Like, you have the money to spend do they million. have the Do they have the money? It's it's like $2.5 yeah. for number 16. Like, that's all. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if Tillman Fertitta was like, yeah, you're not spending that. Like, you're spending that on something else. We'll go sign two vet minimums instead. <laughs> um, Good, okay. Yeah. I mean... It, it's like you could have, have actually had, got a young talent here. Rockets have kind of had a weird offseason, and we'll get into that more in the next episode. But, like, it. 
I I don't know what to do with the Rockets. Like they feel old and grumpy. Yeah, they, they kind of feel like that team that's about to break up. Yeah, I mean, obviously the Harden and Westbrook rumors have already started flying. Oh yeah, um, but PJ Tucker also Covington's now gone. So it's just Rivers, and we'll talk about small the ball is officially gone. dead. Yeah, so it's like micro ball, whatever they, you want to call it. They're again a bunch of guys now without much of a plan. It seems like the plan is going to be give Russ and James the ball and get out the way. That's the plan of this whole franchise. There's no long term plan because you don't have any picks. You finally got a pick, and you basically just punted it for nothing. And you have no real control on this Westbrook Harden thing. So. Yeah, I don't know what you're doing. I don't really care at the end of the day. You can suck if you want to suck. Um, I don't feel bad for you either. So that that was just, I don't like punting first round picks. You want to punt a second round pick? Fine. Don't punt a number 16 overall. That's ridiculous. It's bad. It's, bad. Not, it's how, you, how you lose games. It's how you, how you uh, lose all-stars too. It's how you become a team with no hope really fast it's how you return to the rockets before you got james harden right like a middling nba team um i'll just run through some quick final thoughts and then we'll get out of here with episode 89 um is clint capella on the trade block um is clint capella always on the trade block that's my my counter question to that one probably the draft uh the hawks drafting okongu with number six the big man out of usc i mean i can see capella sticking around for like mid-year and then getting dealt I don't, I don't think Atlanta's that good. So They're convinced they're making the playoffs. They, they're trying to. Um, I, I mentioned it earlier. I liked the Kyra Lewis pick to New Orleans at 13. Adding on to that just a bit. I really want this Kyra Lewis-Lonzo backcourt to work out for New Orleans. Like That's a good like play fast, play in transition. Lonzo's bigger so he can guard a bit more if he'll play defense again. And Kyra's a, a really good shooter, actually. So this could be like the backcourt of the future there if Lonzo will like buy in. I want it to work. I really do. Um, not that I care if Lonzo ball works out, but I just want that to work. I like Kyra Lewis a lot. Um, real quick, let's talk about our teams. The Celtics picks make sense, I guess. I was kind of expecting them to package those and like do something. Allegedly but... trying to, but, you know, like guess... every year, never actually happens. Yeah, Danny Age just loves taking those picks. Like, he'll just... I don't know. Here's like, your two random first rounders that like will play a combined forty eight games for you. Yeah. Yeah. Like the Grant Williams thing even worked out real Yeah, like for he Boston. was playing rotation minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Um and Romeo Langford's still an upside play for them, like from last year. This year they drafted Aaron Neesmith, the wing shooter out of Vanderbilt. Only played 13 games this year because of a foot injury. Mm. But um shot like fifty two percent from three on like nine attempts a game when he did play so ridiculous shooter um it's just gotta be healthy he's like 6'6 six, 6'10 six, six, wingspan he's a big dude um good body like 220 pounds just needs to stay healthy stay on the floor um really just a complimentary piece mm. um i think i had him in like the early 20s on my board so going 14 yeah it's a bit high but um he fits uh, a bench scorer and then peyton pritchard some people had him more as like a 30s, 40s guy. I actually had him right in this like spot um, of mid-ish 20s. I think he's a baller. Um, shooter shoot. Yep. Um, his ball handling might actually be his best skill, even though he's a 40% three-point shooter um, mm. too. And the dude works so hard. So he may just be a backup point guard long-term, and that's fine. We got Kimball Walker. So 
whatever we'll live with it um and we've since renounced brad wanamaker so i think Peyton pritchard has a real shot just to be backup point guard day one um there and i trust him now your team basically basically um just they went international (laughs) yeah draft it's kind of interesting like you can definitely tell like presty is taking the very like taking from his roots and the spurs of like mm-hmm. drafting these 100%. like european guys who may or may not work out in the nba like he's taking swings and that's yeah. what you should be doing because if poku hits like great if not he was cool. 17, 17 pick and you gave up next to nothing for the 17th yeah. pick in this draft um, he's one of your other 17 picks <laughs> in the future years <laughs> um yeah and, and like uh, i mean like theo what Teo, whatever is Maladon, name. yeah. Maladon. I'm never going to be able to pr- yeah. pronounce that. Um, I like it. I feel like it's a win for the Thunder. Um, yeah, I do too. Like, I, I feel like that's a good, like, building pieces again. Like, maybe those guys don't stay with the team long term, but, like, those are potentially, like, home, like if they hit, they're kind of home run yeah. picks, right? Yeah. Um, Poku bringing the fanny pack to America. Um, <laughs> yeah, dude's got both some those, swag. <laughs> both the, both those guys are coming over, which is kind yes. of surprising. They're not like drafting stash. No, with Poku, so he's playing in the Greek B League there. That's right. He was the hidden guy. Yes. So they're like, you are not staying over there any longer. Um, you need to get in the weight room and eat food. Um, <laughs> we can do that in Oklahoma. Yeah, Just get some like sure. fried food. Take him um, to all the barbecue places around. Um, so, yeah, that makes sense bringing him over. You can actually get him in your system. Um, and then Maladon, he's been playing... Really, he's been, like, the Tony Parker guy over yeah. there, like, understudy. So, bring him over. Again, try and develop him over here. Got a nice little shot. And his actual, like, point guard. So, um, he's going to look like Shea, like, body-wise. But he plays a little differently. Um, they also ended up uh, getting Vic Krejci um, at 37, who... Talent wise, like second round, I was like fine drafting him. He tore his ACL like last month. Mm. Really unfortunate. Um, he wasn't gonna come over anyway. But like a six eight wing, again, more attacker instead of playmaker. But there's like some upside there. He's like twenty years old, I think. So, um, really going international here. Poku is the youngest guy in the draft. So, I I like this draft for them. It's guys that yeah, you're gonna win like. 12 games this year yeah that's the goal but, that's um, the goal we're like tanking with a purpose unlike yes. some other teams who've just <laughs> tanked for years um uh, accidentally I, <laughs> um yeah i mean like i'm fine with all this stuff like I, poku's gonna be fun to watch i'll give him that much he's gonna have a lot of seven for 20 nights but he's also gonna have some like thirty ooh. random thirty point game yeah. nights. He's gonna oh he's gonna have like a few random like thirty point triple doubles. Yeah, I think this like this rebuild, I think is gonna be quicker than I think it is. Like I'm expecting like a four year rebuild. I think this could potentially be like a two year rebuild. I was almost thinking that too. Because like if, if Baisley, Dor, SGA keep going, the and like going. one of these two guys hits, they, one of these two, and then whoever you get next year, yeah, is like a legit guy. Then all of a sudden you have what is that five six yeah like young guys, um, and by the way like 
you still have all those draft assets that <laughs> yeah, are still coming. Uh, that team that we just talked about, the Houston Rockets, is about to start sucking, and we have two of their, like, three draft picks. All of a sudden, it. yeah, you feel like you have, like, your four core guys of the future, and it's only, like, the end of 2021. Right. And it's like, ah, oh, we have, like, 15 more picks we for have the another next five, five years, years. <laughs> yeah. of just all kinds of ridiculous draft capital. So um, I like where the Thunder are going. I like this um, overall. So, a few last things. Um, I'm a bit worried about Precious, who went 20 to Miami. Um, the nickname for him is, like, Baby Bam. He went to the team that has Bam. Don't uh, don't really see how they play together unless you legitimately think Precious can shoot. I'm not quite there. He was a barely 30% guy in college. He His great motor can't mm. always get it under control, though. Um, if he... And he has already said he thinks he's a 3-4 at the NBA level. Again, he said it. Very much not. More of like a 5 who might be able to play some 4. So I'm worried about the mindset there. But I guess if anyone can fix it, it's Pat Riley. Um, scare the daylights out of somebody. You're going to play. You're going <laughs> to score. You're going to shoot. Um, yeah. uh, couple others. Um, two picks absolutely hated. Was the Knicks taking Emmanuel quickly. I think, what was that, like 12? 25 or something what it ended up being um out of kentucky they brought in this kentucky to guide assistant coach to be their assistant coach and it's like oh you drafted your guy there i mean quickly was good at the sec level super skinny guard who just shoots um i i mean okay maybe he works maybe he doesn't i would have taken him in like the 40s not the mid-20s um almost as bad though as I, I hinted at it earlier, the Utah Jazz mm. taking Udoka Azabuki at 27. Yikes. Um, who you and I have watched what feels like for the last eight years at Kentucky. Um, massive human being. Just yeah. a huge man. Very much a, uh, a Utah type of player, yes, right? Yes, at center. Um, like legit like 7'1", 7'2", 7'7", plus wingspan. Looks like he's apparently slimmed down to like 260 or something um but he's normally like 270 plus cannot shoot like has no range outside of like four feet can dunk and that's about it um but he can really rebound and block shots so you drafted a backup center at 27 when you needed a real forward help don't love that um also center is like the easiest thing to come by so i don't know why you need to spend a first round guaranteed deal on one and then went and spent, I mean, like, again, spent money yeah. on Derek Favors. Also, I had Azabuki as, like, 80 on my board. <laughs> <laughs> Not drafted. Undrafted. Yeah. Some people, like, had him as, like, a second-round pick. So I'll give him some. Maybe he's, like, a 35 to 50 guy on, like, some boards, 50 to 60 on others. I'm lower because I watched him for four years, and I know he can't play offense besides screen and roll. That's his entire offense. Um, and defensively, he can't guard on the perimeter. Mm. I mean, he can, if he just stands in front of the rim, sure, he's great. But, like, can't guard anywhere else. So, I don't love it. I hate it. In fact, um, I don't know why they did it. it. I heard it was happening. I just didn't want to believe it. So, that was the thing. A <laughs> um, couple sneaky good drafts. Memphis took Desmond Bain at 30. They bought that pick from Boston for basically nothing. Future seconds. Um, got Xavier Tillman from Michigan State in the second round. And they signed Killian Tilly. Out of Gonzaga, um, as an undrafted guy who I had as a second round, like legit early mid second round pick, um, 
Tilly reuniting with Brandon Clark, former mm, Gonzaga teammate. Yeah, yeah. And then Tillman, Tillman reuniting with Jaron Jackson Jr., former Michigan, Michigan State, State yeah. teammates. Um, there's a little chemistry already. That's uh, um, what we call in the corporate world synergy. <laughs> God. Um, good, good little draft here for Memphis, though. Um, also, Sacramento. I'm not a Halliburton guy. I said it over and over and over again. But getting at 12 for the consensus is good value. Again, this idea of he'll pass the ball. You know, yeah. he'll pass the ball. Um, I'm not sure he's great. Probably um, drafted a replacement for, um, oh my God, I'm, I'm totally blanking on his name. Bogdanovich? Right? No, not Bogdanovich. Uh, the Buddy Heald. Buddy I don't Heald. know why I couldn't <laughs> think of Buddy Heald. Jeez. I just, taking a starting spot eventually in, in time. I mean, Halbert, if you think you can shoot, he's worth the pick. I don't think he can shoot, so, you know, whatever. Mm. Um, also, I don't think he plays defense. Everyone thinks he does. He doesn't. Um, <laughs> I really liked... Yeah, but he's like chemistry wise he's what that team needs mm. um and then i like the robert woodard pick um in the second round um i had him as like a late first early second so him getting there at like 40 i think good pick and then ramsey at 43 out of texas tech i like that a lot so good upside um with sacramento and they need to take some swings like that um the bucks found a couple rotation caliber guys at the end of the second round really like that um jordan nora I had as a late first, early second. Sam Merrill, early second pick for me. Um, they get found them both late. Um, last one, I'll, I'll crap on Charlotte. Let's go back to the bigs thing. You took two centers in the second round. 32 to took Vernon Carey, who I had as pick 60 on my board, I think. So don't love that. Um, he's literally like, besides Azubuki, like the definition of like, a, you cannot move your feet mm. at all. Mm. Um, and then at 42, they took Nick Richards, who I had about pick 80-ish. Again, he's right there with Azubuki for yeah. me. Took him at 42. Just, you want to take one of them, I don't like it, but whatever. You took two. Two true fives. I don't get it, and neither of them can play defense on the perimeter. I, like, they are what, plotting big men from the Michael Jordan playing era. I, I do love that Charlotte didn't like over panic and try to like trade up. And early yeah. in the draft for Lamelo, for Lamelo, they're uh, like they're like he'll be there. Yeah, and he was, and they like didn't try to overpay for James Wiseman either. Which yes. like these two picks kind of indicating they were itching to do that. <laughs> yeah, they uh, wanted bigs. Um, we all knew they wanted bigs too. So I, I, I agree with you there. Like, don't take. I like the guards big. they took. Yeah, like yeah. Lamelo. I'm not the biggest Lamelo fan, but okay. And then late like in the, the draft, values there. Yeah, right? and then late in the draft, they gra- they grabbed Grant Riller who. I had as like a 30s guy. They got him at like 56. Mm. So like, okay, cool. But like, I don't know. Again, why are we taking centers so often in the draft? Especially why are you taking two? Makes no sense to me. So that was our draft uh, recap. Um, lots of movement in the draft um, in the late first, early second. Um, hard to keep track of who was going where for a while. But if you thought that was hard to keep track of, Wait until you listen to the free agency pod on oh, episode God. 90. It's even more ridiculous. <laughs> uh, do you have anything else you want to add here before we get out of here? Um, my last bit. My favorite player in the draft is Mason Jones. He was a wing from Arkansas. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, can really shoot it. Um, his story was super cool. Um, his brother, Matt Jones, played at Duke on like those national championship teams like Okafor and stuff. Oh, as yeah, like a yeah, defensive yeah. wing and his sister 
was also a McDonald's All American coming out of high school. She went to like Texas A and M. They're from Texas. Um, he like just quit quit basketball like growing up because he's like didn't want to do like what his siblings did. Decided senior year of high school, he's like, oh, I guess I'll play basketball. But he's like six five, like two seventy, and it's like, <laughs> um, dude, you kind of let yourself go. Um, but he was like fine as a senior. Played a prep year, if I'm remembering right. Got down to like, like not at a big prep school. He like went to like Missouri. Um, played in a prep school. Gone. Yeah, got down to like two thirty. I think he was like 260 by the end of his senior year of high school, 230 by the end of that prep year, went to a JUCO in Texas, got down to like 220, um, then got on at Arkansas and like scored like 15 points a game, um, got down a little more like 215-ish, and then played it's essentially his senior year, but his second year at Arkansas mm. this past season. And it was like the SEC player of the year. Yeah. Um, so he went from like not playing and being drastically overweight to like, I guess I'll play basketball. And then like in four years, it was like the SEC player of the year. That's an um, amazing story. And so he went undrafted um, and he got a two way from Houston, um, which nice. I think is super smart. Yeah. Um, tweeted out something along the lines of, Congrats, Houston, you just got the best player in the draft. <laughs> <laughs> oh! I was like, These are the balls why you became the sec like player of the year that's Um, incredible right and if you just go watch his highlights the dude shoots everything and from everywhere he has irrational confidence i love it um and obviously as you can tell by the tweet (laughs) obviously him and james harden are gonna get along great right um he might actually play for them because Tillman Fertitta won't pay anyone else. (laughs) so you know you might be seeing some mason jones one of my favorite guys in the draft nice awesome last last bit well thanks for uh walking us through that draft stuff because that was a wild nba draft like there was there's been some drafts where there's been like zero movement because they all want to take their guy at their spot and this draft just kind of got a little crazy because everyone's wanting to compete just move around yeah do the thing anyways well that's it for episode 89 we will be back with episode 90 um right now i guess (laughs) uh we'll see you back in episode 90 yeah